Okay, I would now like to introduce the speakers, um, Susan Williams, Paul Hines and Jill Gravestock. Um, Susan is Electronic Services Development Manager at the OU. Based in the library, her main duties are to lead on the development of a new library website and work as part of the OU VLE programme to develop a federated search system. Susan has worked in the FE sector um, for JISC and has written a number of papers for conferences and national publications. Paul is the temporary web manager who has been managing the writing of the static pages. And Jill is Electronic Services Development Officer and has been working on the dynamic aspects of the new website. And today they're going to talk about the new library website, where we are now, and future developments. So I'll hand over to them. Thank you. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, I'd just like to thank Paul and Jill, our representatives from the core team working on the library website project. But it was actually a huge collaborative project involving over 40 members of the library staff. So a lot of people were involved and helped to make it what it is. Um, what you can see on the screen in the background there at the moment is an animation that we put together with um, the Learning to Le Teaching Solutions Department at the OU um, to um, visualise our, our vision. And we're not there yet. <laughs> this, this is where we'd like to, to get to. And this presentation is about where we are now and, and what we're doing, what our plans are for the future and helping us towards realising that vision. So I hope you've noticed that animation in the background there. The agenda for today's seminar... Is, is to give you some background on the Open University Library. I know there are a few people here that are from um, external um, organisations and from libraries um, in the community. Could, could I ask you to put your hand up if you're yeah. one of those people? Welcome, thank you. Particularly welcome to you and thank you for coming. We're really pleased to have you. Um, and um, a bit about the background to the project um, itself and, and where we come from and, and then where we are now in terms of um, what we've managed to launch in phase one of the project and Paul and Jill will show you some of the main features of the new site and we've also got some mobile devices and we'd like you to hand round to you to show you the mobile version of the site. Um, we then want to look at some future developments, in particular something that's coming very soon, which is a new cross-searching system, and um, looking at the enhancement projects that are going to bring into the website some of the other new features and functionality that we want to bring in. And then hopefully there'll be time for some questions. So about OU Library Services... And there are around 93 library staff based here at Walton Hall. And um, the library is available to anyone who can come to the building. We host a number of events. We've got a really nice building here, as you can see. It's very conducive to, to events. And we do like to bring lots of people in. And um, 
Library seminars are one of the series of events that we regularly host here. However, um, we don't offer a document delivery service or postal loan service to students. And so the website is the library for our students and it has to perform the function of a digital library as well as a website. And the links to other libraries are also really important for students. So information about what other libraries they can use and what terms and conditions they can use, those other libraries <coughs> under are really important. We're really lucky um, in the OU Library in that we've got um, a team of people that look at development projects and that, that's really what we do. It's the main part of our job. And so we've got, we've got a dedicated team with some specialist project managers in it. So we can <coughs> undertake development projects within the library. I know a lot of libraries are very pushed and very stretched and it's quite hard for them to find the resource to do development work, but we are lucky in that way here at the OU. And the Strategic Services Development Group is the group that Jill, Paul and I are in. And um, we manage most of the library projects or have, have some input in, into most of them. Um, three of, of the, the larger internal projects within the library are DigiLab, which is um, the development of a, a play space for teaching staff at the OU to go into at any time that the library is open to explore and play with new technologies. And my colleague Non at the back there is led on that, and we've just won an OU teaching award for that service. Um, an information literacy skills course. So we also write courses for the OU for, for students to actually um, register for. And the TU120 course is a course called Beyond Google. It's an information <coughs> literacy course which comes with a free MP3 player and talks about searching um, and alternative ways of, of um, information skills seeking behaviour. And then, of course, the library website, which we've called Open Library 2.0, is another major project for us. We're also involved in the library in, in university projects. And we are very corporate. We are very proud of the fact that we are really well integrated within the rest of the Open University. And sometimes, as I'll talk about in a minute, that does hold us back a bit because we have to get wide approval for things that we do from around the university. We can't just do things on our own. Um, we, we do have to bear in mind that uh, there are other stakeholders that we are responsible to. Um, but it means that we're in a really strong position here in the OU Library and we do take full advantage of that and we are very proud of the fact that we operate very corporately. Two of the main projects that we've been involved in are the Enterprise Content Management System, uh, a new university-wide system for records management um, for staff and we've been very heavily involved in that. My colleague David Turpey at the back there has been involved in that very heavily. And 
the VLE program, which is developing the open source system called Moodle. And um, the library in particular has been involved in integrating um, library resources into the VLE and the Federated Search Project. And I'm going to talk a bit about that and demonstrate the, the new search system that we've developed as part of that a bit later. And we're also involved in some external projects. We, we are in a position where we can bid for external funding from external bodies for projects. There's the JISC-funded Prowl project, which my colleague Anne Gambles was leading on, which was looking at providing um, space for tutors at the OU to, to collaborate and share ideas about how, how best to, to um, perform their duties and, and, and um, communicate with each other. And then the European project called eMove, which is um, about giving students a virtual experience of what it's like to study abroad. And we in particular were involved in a library portal around that project. So we, we do do quite a lot of development and project work here. The Open Library 2.0 project has quite a long history, actually. Um, it started with us undertaking some extensive user consultation in 2004 and 2005 around the, the current OU Library website. And we did get a lot of comments from, from focus groups and surveys and interviews. Um, but luckily, we did get quite a clear steer and clear um, requirements for what people wanted to see in the new website. They wanted easier navigation, easier access to online journals. They wanted the site to be task-orientated, jargon-free. They wanted a subject-based option for searching. And they wanted some element of personalization. And staff in particular wanted a database-driven website so that it could be easily updated and maintained. And following that, we undertook a, a renewed literature review in 2006 to see what other libraries were doing and what, what else was going on in, in the library world. While we were doing this, we found an article which was really interesting called The User Isn't Broken. I don't know if any of you have heard of this, but there's a copy of it on your chair. And um, it's actually snapshots around from a young librarian's point of view, having just qualified, of, of perhaps um, challenging library perceptions and long-standing um, library practices and, and, and trying to get people... Who, who probably entrenched in doing their day job to think about what they're actually doing. And um, one of the comments that he makes is it's easier to pass a camel through the eye of a needle than it is to find a good library website. <laughs> and um, and another, another one is that the library isn't the sun, the user's the sun. And, and it's turning some things on its head. It was a very challenging piece um, and what we did was we held a brainstorming session for library staff um, around some of those sound bites and we got people to discuss what it meant for us, what this guy was saying. So ha have a look at that at some point. 
um, at around the same time, Lorcan Dempsey, who, who is um, a very eminent digital library expert um, working at OCLC in the US, the people that, that um, um, manage the Dewey Decimal System and um, WorldCat, um, he gave a presentation in Edinburgh um, which was inspirational for us and actually helped us to form our vision. And he refers to synthesizing, specializing, and mobilizing. Um, we called that synthesizing, personalizing, and mobilizing. But, um, so we changed it a bit. But it's, it was all about um, the value that libraries add to information and um, where libraries should be positioning themselves, not just offering information for the sake of it, but actually doing something with that information and, and tailoring it and, and um, customising it before we, we give it to our users. And, and that also recognises that our users won't always come to us and stay with us. They're operating at a network level, they have access to lots and lots of different things, and we can only expect them to visit us for short, amount, short amounts of time. And when they do, they've got to get what they want quick as a flash. And if they don't, they'll never come back. And they've got, they've got to take that stuff and be able to use it wherever they want to use it. And that's the world we're, we're living in now. And we have to respond to that. Um, the other thing that we did was to hold a systems thinking workshop for the main university stakeholders, which included the, the BLE director, um, someone from Central Computing Services, and the Intranet Development Project Manager, to make sure that key people who may um, be looking at, at similar things to us knew what we were doing, and that there were opportunities for collaboration and cooperation where possible. What we've done for phase one is um, we've launched the new website having redesigned it. Um, we reused an existing content management system and, and website framework. And we have rewritten all of the content. And by doing that, we've managed to reduce the content by 90% in terms of number of pages. And we've done that by, by looking at good practice in writing for the web and giving staff um, workshops and guidelines and one-to-one -one support and how, how to write succinctly for the web. Um, we've developed our databases so that we can make the best use of them by pulling the information through from our databases to the website to cut down on the amount of repetition and the amount of updating that's required. And we've looked at workflow processes. Um, all our library staff are able to update the website and edit it, um, but that's around a very rigid framework and, and procedures of how that should happen. And we've, we've had to develop all that from scratch and set up an editorial group to make sure that those procedures are followed and to maintain the site integrity. Um, another thing we've done is implement SFX, a new um, open URL resolver e-journals management system, um, which we'll show you um, a bit later on. We've also incorporated some new Web2-type services, 
um, as the project name suggests that was one of the things that we wanted to do um, we've incorporated some RSS feeds um, we're able to use SFX in Google, Google Scholar so if you search Google Scholar um, then it will tell you if we've got the article in the OU library um, We've got a library catalogue search in, in iGoogle. You can pull that through to your personalised Google. Um, we've got a Library 2 toolbox which um, flags up some um, web services that people might like to try out and that are, that are library related. And, um, of course, with all our, our librarians editing and updating the, the site, it's like a wiki approach to the site and and wikis are of course a web2 um, kind of technology and we've also developed a mobile version we did have some stumbling blocks along the way we were hoping to achieve our vision all in a year but I think that was probably a bit ambitious um, halfway through the project um, the university were quite concerned about the level of technical expertise in, in the university bearing in mind that we have the two big programs running the VLE and the Enterprise Content Management System and they were worried about what else was going on that might be taking resource away from those two top priority projects so we were asked to write a new business case and technical case and get that approved by high level people at the university before we could continue so that was a stumbling block but then that really did cement our project once that was approved there was no going back then and, and, and everyone knows about our project and what it's doing there are some limitations in the library catalogue we can't do everything with our Voyager library catalogue that, that we'd like to do in terms of providing um, user generated content and interactive things um, and personalisation so, so that was a stumbling block um, the OU has a single access management system which is really good because it allows our students to just be logged in without having to use lots of different usernames and passwords to access library things they, they just sign in once and they have automatic access to our stuff um, but that actually is quite limiting in terms of how you can personalise things so we haven't been able to work that one through yet um, another um, stumbling block that was a threat that actually turned into an opportunity was that also halfway through the project our library management system company was taken over by another company and we had all our eggs in one basket basically we had all of their services and one of them was Link Finder Plus which was our full text finder our open URL resolver and that was being discontinued almost straight away and being unsupported we couldn't launch a new digital library without that kind of system and so we had to migrate to the new system SFX um, straight away and bring that into the project plan and, and target resource at that to make sure that that was in place ready for when the new library website launched um, so that was an unexpected thing. but it was an opportunity because SFX is a really excellent product and an award winning product which we've been able to, to go with 
it and I'll hand you over to Paul who's going to talk about some of the things that we looked at in terms of branding and, and being corporate with the site. Okay, thank you. So a little bit about branding and why, why branding matters. I, I come from a corporate environment, so this was kind of home territory to me, but it's a little bit new to library staff. So we had to start really around what is a brand, why does, why does a brand matter? And if you think about the use of this library, on a, a given day, in terms of the number of people using the building and using the actual website, the website is 20 times larger than the use of the building. Which means that the vast majority of the students who are out there all over the country, all over the world, will never ever see the building or never use it. So what is their presence at the Open University Library? It's the website. So it's very important that what we do actually enhances the Open University's reputation rather than takes from it. Uh, so everything we do on the website is either a plus or a minus as far as the students are concerned. You know, it's like if you go into a shop, it doesn't matter how good the shop has prepared everything, if you get a library assistant, no, a customer rather, um, come in and the, uh, the person behind the counter is having a bad day, then you don't feel very good about the shop. So we had to make sure that the experience that the people had really represented what the Open University is about. And the Open University's brand values are open to people, place, method and ideas. The next thing we came we brought to the, to the play, as it were, was really this idea of personal information shopper. This was our shorthand for what are we trying to achieve on the site. So we're looking, as, as Susan mentioned, about people who need to get into the site quickly. They're, they're busy people, working lives. Um, as, as Eustace Patton says, most of them are using this site from work probably when they shouldn't be. So they are diving in, quickly getting what they want, and going off again. We would also like to make it a personal experience rather than just a, a generalised thing. So personalisation comes in there. So it's very much a kind of transactional model of I need to find what I want quickly. I need to pick exactly the database from the, from the lists. Um, I need to go in and, and look at it and get what I want. I need to check it out or download uh, information from it and save it and off I go again. So that kind of commercial role of find, pick, order, pay, the kind of thing you get on, um, on an Amazon or on any other uh, online shopping site. And finally, we wanted to get that kind of wow factor around it. That, um, you know, I can remember what the university library website looks like without having to scratch my head and thinking, what was it like again? What was the URL? So it needs to be memorable. So with those things in mind, we asked ourselves the questions, who we like? Now, it's a bit of a big Glasgow University Library here, but it could be any university library. It's not aimed at any particular organisation. And in fact, I think Glasgow's is quite a good site. Uh, but we asked ourselves, are we like other university libraries? Or do we want to be like them? Or do we want to be more like a commercial site? Which ones are people using? And, and you know, in your day-to-day -day lives, you don't tend to go around comparing university websites with each other, saying, oh, that's a good one, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we do. You compare the library website to um, Next or to Tesco's or to, uh, you know, in this case, Handbag, and we put ten sites almost at random and say, this is what we're up against in terms of the perception of the site. You know, it's going to be compared against these kind of sites, not against um, university library sites. And what can these sites actually tell us about how they structure their information, how they make it easy for people, how they make it enticing and attractive? 
So we had to look at ourselves from the outside in. Now on the screen you've got three different images here. They're actually all images of Amazon in the UK. On the right hand side you've got the very familiar Amazon website. If you live locally in Milton Keynes, you might recognise the middle bit as being the warehouse that's close to the motorway. But very, very local reference. On the left-hand side, there's an office block in Slough, which is also Amazon. It's the headquarters in the UK. But what the perception is, is not buildings, but the website. So we have to get that kind of thinking into our, in our way of thinking as well. It's the website, it's not the building. So, some early concepts. Um, with that in mind, we had a you know, bit of storyboarding, trying out ideas. So we had lots of images, we had a more traditional layout, and we had one that was actually fairly texty. And we put these out to consultation within the university and with students and with staff, and basically say, what do you like about these, what do you not like about them, and from that try and build up a picture of what worked and what didn't, and why it didn't, or why it did. such that what we actually ended up with at launch was this. Now this is um, a, a kind of template of where we're going to go in the future. It's not fully permanently fixed. There are things about this that you think oh, we could do that a bit better and we could make that smoother, make that easier to use. And in fact since we've launched it we've changed one or two of the links on here um, and, and Alter some minor bits of layout. There's more to do on that. Work in progress. This is never going to be a we launch it once and then we leave it there to rot for four years and then we launch it again. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing, uh, developing the website. But we tried to get some kind of key issues around the layout there. It, there's lots of images. Most of the pages on the site have got pictures. Uh, there are clear links on the home page. And, we, and we've been sort of tracking and analysing how people are using the site to see whether that's working or not. So that's what we, kind of, the branding and the thinking behind it. Let's actually have a look at, at the site. Okay. Right, so that's the site live as it is at the moment. Um, I'm just going to show you just a few things on the site. Obviously, if you want to look at the site in more depth, you can uh, go away and do that from your office or from home. So the key features around it, uh, we put quite a bit of help and support onto the site. So down the left hand side, there's, there's quite a bit on information skills, pointing people at uh, different bits. So as well as the links, there's also you know, lots of background to it. But we tried where we could not to create too much text on the site. We'd be limiting people to no longer than the kind of length of article you might find on a BBC News website. as a kind of mark to it. So this is actually one of the longer pages on the site. We'll go into the research section. You can see, for instance, we have a section on library seminars. And down the bottom there, you'll see um, upcoming and past seminars. So um, yesterday when I looked, it had information about uh, today's library seminar. Now it's gone, disappeared, and it will be in the past library seminars, and you'll be able to click on that and look through the information, and we'll put some information up about what we've been doing today. 
but the heart of the library website is going to be the collections. So here we've tried to make it as, as simple and straightforward as we can in terms of organising information on the left-hand side, putting the most commonly used items at the top. In fact, since we launched the site, we've actually changed the structure based on feedback we had from users and on Google Analytics, because we're using analytics to track what we're doing on the site. So we've got quite a lot of information on online collections by subject, and here... We're using the JAX subject headings. We've mapped our information to those headings. They're not exactly the same, but they do map onto it. So you can choose a particular example. So if I, for instance, go into management, and then click on business, it gives you the option of, well, what information would you like to have a look at? So choose all. What you will find when you scroll down is quite a lot of information. First of all, a selection of the EGRs that we think are relevant to that subject. Each of those is just a straightforward click to get into them. A collection of ebooks, again, the ones that we've chosen that we think are appropriate to the subject. A set of databases with help sheets available and linked through to EndNote and RefWorks for bibliographic management. And finally, a selection of websites. So this is really going to be our, our guided tool for the users in the future to be able to look at it through a subject approach. Scroll back up. And if you want to look at books, we can search for ebooks within our, our, our databases and searching for printed books within the library catalogue. So we're trying to bring together this database-driven approach to the site. It's fairly simple and straightforward to get the information. If you scroll down, there's some general links that might be useful, and then access to the actual book provider's collections. On the left-hand side here, we have our complete list of databases, so if you want to go in through the database route, then you can take that route in as well. Now, these three collections on the left, plus the journals, make up the vast majority of the usage of the site, as you'd expect (coughs) the resources are. Uh, We're finding that people are using the site in a very transactional way, as we would like them to do. So they are typically coming to a homepage, click on one of the links on the left-hand side, our featured links all connect to these major headings, and then they go straight in here, find the resource they want, and they're away. Some people have bookmarked these pages and make the route even shorter for themselves, so it's usually one or two pages, and then straight into the resource. The resources all open up in a new window, so it's easy to go back and find another resource and open that up again. Uh, The feedback we've had from the site has been really positive. We've had four or five times more positive comments than negative ones. We do take the negative ones very seriously, and we see if we can actually um, look at ways in which we can improve the site so that we're getting less and less negative ones as as time goes by, and much, much more positive. Okay, I'm now going to hand over to Jill, who's going to talk you through journals and essays. I'm just going to um, highlight two areas that um, Susan touched on earlier. The first is SFX um, and the e-journals, and the second is web services part of the website. Um, so first of all, the, um, the e-journals and SFX. 
Edifex, for those people that don't know, is um, an open URL resolver, and um, it is an open URL resolver is a system that allows you to link from the abstract of an article to the full text of an article by means of an intermediate database. That intermediate database we maintain here, and it's a database of all our full text um, <coughs> journals. So we've used this, we've we launched this at the same time as the website, and we've used it in, in three ways. Um, the first way is really um, what an open URL resolver is, is designed for. So if I go to databases, go down to, into a database that's um, Web of Science, which has a lot of abstracts on it. database, but you'll see in the database a find it at OU button, and this is this is SFX, this is what we've called SFX, and if I click on that, a URL is generated, and that URL goes to the database that we maintain here at the OU, with all the, the, the metadata details from here, so the author, the title, the ISSN. Um, it then checks in our database, our database reroutes them to the provider of the full text of that article. So it's a way of, of linking all our subscriptions up together. You can also um, use SFX in Google Scholar, as um, Susan mentioned earlier. I'm going to Scholar Preferences. And here it's, there's a library link section. So if I was typing Open University, I would select, as, as you can see, it's already ticked the Open University Library. Now if I do a search in Google Scholar, there's um, another link appeared which says Find It at OU. And if I click on there, again, it takes you to the full text. So usually someone using Google Scholar wouldn't necessarily be able to get to the Open University content, but um, here they can. Um, the second way we're using SFX is in the e-journals list. So here you can search or you can browse for an e-journal. And as you can see, this, this is the browse. It, it takes you straight into the, to the browse here. Um, if I were to go into one of these, it takes you to the journal title. But you can also have, you've got these SFX additional services, so you can copy that link. Um, you can find other sources of this, this item, say if that journal was, was down on a particular day, and you can report a problem, and that goes to our Contact Us form on the website. 
Um, the third way we're using it is um, in the subject um, browsers, which Paul showed earlier. The e-journals on there are actually derived from, from the SFX database. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about is web services. When we launched the site, we didn't, although it is very much a portal approach, we've got everything available from the one website, but we didn't really just want to think about that because we're thinking that, that more and more people are wanting to embed library services in their own websites without having to come to this particular website, without having to click out. So in this two toolbox, we've got some web service type things that allow people to embed library services and other applications. We're actually limited in what we could do here because originally we were thinking perhaps we could use sort of you know books you have on loan or um, save searches, but all those are bound up with our, our library management system, our, our library catalogue Voyager, and that just didn't have that functionality in it to, to allow us to do that. So we're waiting for that. But for the time being, um, we've got, for example, RSS feeds. These are library generated RSS feeds that people can, can embed in their pages. So you've got library jobs, library news, um, and down the bottom here you've got new books um, in the particular subject. So if I was um, if I was a member of faculty, I could subscribe to that to that feed and um, see these feeds in, in something like bloglines.com. So you don't have necessarily have to come to the library to find out about new books. The library toolbar is something else we, we looked at. There are various providers of toolbars out there that you can pay for. Um, we're using Libex, which is a, a freely available toolbar, particularly for libraries. Um, to use this toolbar, um, here we've got the Firefox toolbar. I click on that URL. see at the top here we've got our um, OU library toolbar that's appeared and this allows you to do a Voyager catalogue search from within your browser again without having to come to our website and it gives you various fields you can choose it also allows you to, um, to copy that search into Google Scholar and launch a Google Scholar search web service we've got at the moment is, is adding the OU catalogue to Google. This is for people that use personalised Google, so iGoogle. So if I were to go to um, the top here, you've got your iGoogle link. And um, it should be a sign-in. Sign-in. So 
here I've, I've signed in I can see um, things that, that I want to, to include in my personalised homepage if I click on add stuff and search for Open University Library then, then the catalogue appears I've already actually added it in on the left hand side there so again it's, it's taking library services out and putting them into other websites and as I say we'd like to extend the, um, the, the library to web services um, part of, of the site I'll ask a question. Yeah. Um, you can take the, those uh, widgets out uh, and put them onto our Google. Can you also put them into a desktop like from Mac desktop? Can they also be extended outside of the web? I'm not sure to be honest. There's, there's, I'm not sure. I'll have to find out. Thank you. I'll quickly go, go through. Um, We've started to get some usage data for the library. Um, February average for absolute unique visitors per day is 3,306, which is apparently really good for a, a library website. Um, in terms of loyalty, 59% of our users actually come back. Um, average page views per, per visit is 4.33. And we're also looking at bounce rate, length of visit, depth of visit, and hits per query. And I've got a quick table to show you briefly on this. And you can see that since October, when we launched the site, we're getting less queries per hit or more hits per query, which indicates that um, we, the site is easier to use because we're not getting as many help desk queries now. <coughs> Um, a little bit about the mobile um, open library too. And Non at the back has hopefully logged in to some mobile devices. Um, we'll be keeping the eye session your iPhone going. All oh, right, okay. It does tend to track you up quite quickly. All oh, right, yeah. So we, um, if you'd like to have a look at that, we'll pass them round for you to have a quick look at. But probably just got the two. So if you want to sort of have a quick look and, and pass them round. Um, we're partnering on this with Athabasca University in Canada, and we're using an open source system called AutoDetect and Reformat, which tailors the page to the particular device that people are using. Um, we design, redesign the interface for mobiles, and we customise the search engine for mobiles. We've had more than 600 page hits since we launched the prototype in October. And other OVU departments are interested in collaborating with us on more mobiles work. Next thing to show you is something that's coming really soon. I'll just give you a quick preview of this. And this is called Library One Stop Search. And this is the only way on, in the library website that users can actually find articles. All the other search options that Jill showed you and Paul showed you will bring up titles or, or database collections. Um, this search will allow users to really search for individual articles without knowing where the article has come from. So you can just do a search in there, click on a subject area, and, and you can actually retrieve articles. And that's, that's going to be launched at the end of this month. 
what, what we've done first of all is um, that for the um, learning and public spaces in the OU websites, we've launched a simplified version of, of this that, that looks and feels like the, um, the OU search facility and integrated it with OU search so people don't have to come to the library website to search for articles. They can be working in the VLE um, or a course website and they can click library search and they can search for library articles from there. Um, so I think that's, I know that's the first time in the UK that anyone has done that and possibly in, in the world actually. So, um, so we, we've been really lucky to work with the VLE program on that. Um, there'll be some information about that coming around in VLE communications from, from now on. Can I, can I ask, why, why, why has it taken so long? It seems like a really, really good thing, and it's annoying to, if I look for things a little bit off my subject area, you know, I go to Ingenta, and then they're not there, and then I have to think, okay, where do you find that kind of yeah. thing? So why... why why isn't everybody doing it? Is, is a database uh, company restriction yeah. going on? Yeah. How all, have you got around that? Oh, well, all our databases are hosted externally and all over the world. Mm. And the way it's done, it, it, it searches in real time. So it's connecting out to all those databases in real time and bringing back the results in a single interface. It has to do that using a particular protocol. And not all database providers actually have implemented that particular protocol. We did in the old website have a similar system called Encompass, um, but it was really, really slow. The technology was really poor. And the technology is getting faster now. And also more publishers are enabling this protocol. And so um, we are able to do that. Um, but still, not all our publishers are, are playing ball. They, we haven't been able to get all of our resources in there. And because they all return different kinds of results, it's quite hard to synthesize it. So we've just tried to pick out the, the sites, the databases that, that have consistently good results returned so that we can provide them in a synthesized way. So look out for that at, at the end of the month. And we'll probably do another session on that, actually. If people are interested in that, probably, probably um, a bit later on down the line, we'll do another session on that, and we'll really focus on, on this and the VLE version as well to show you all what it does. The future enhancements the project. As I said, we weren't able to do everything we wanted to do all in one go, so we've moved into a phase two this year of the project, and we're hopefully going to be carrying this on. As Paul said, it's not a one-off thing. You know, We have to keep up to date. We have to keep moving with the times, and, and we hope to have continual funding to keep redeveloping. Um, but our enhancements to the website have been separated into four sub-projects. The first one is, is personalisation, which Anne Gambles is leading on. And that's looking at trying to provide some level of customisation for the site. Um, implementing a new website search for dynamic pages. Currently, the, the system that searches the actual website um, can't search across the dynamic pages, so we need to look at that. And search is an issue for us and, and for all library websites in how to present 
our search facilities effectively and coherently. So we will be benchmarking against other university libraries and making sure that we're up to date with what everyone's doing in that area because it is a bit of a knobbly issue. Um, we want to make improvements to the libraries near you service, which, as I said, is really key to our students and a real value-added service that we provide. And we'd like to do some, perhaps some sort of thing with um, Google Maps or something like that to, so that people put in their postcode and it brings up all the libraries that they have access to, something like that. Um, the other thing that we'd like to do is to provide a My Research Library for research students. Um, another, another, our key group, one of our key groups of students is researchers who we do provide a lot of value-added services to. And we'd like to see if we can tailor our services more for that group. And so we'll be looking at user requirements for that. And working towards more personalization in general, looking at this single access management system issue. Rich media is about adding more multimedia to the site and um, the library seminar videos will be added to the site and people will eventually be able to rate them and comment them and say if they're useful to particular courses. Um, we're also going to have a meet the librarian and a resource of the month feature to promote some of our multimedia collections. For the mobiles, we need to conduct a user requirements analysis before we go any further with that because we shouldn't do things just because we can. And we can't just pull the whole library website onto a mobile. Um, so we want to see what services in particular people would like to access from a mobile and just provide those. And continuing with our web services, as Jill said, there's a lot more things we want to do with web services. And um, we want to, to make additions to the Library 2 toolbox with some more web services as they become available nationally. And one of the things we'd like to look at is to look at how we can use library thing. And again, I've, been, I've given you a handout which has got a Wikipedia entry about library thing for those of you who haven't heard of it. It's really a personal tool for people, a web service that people can use to catalogue their own library book collections and share them with other people. So if you've got a lot of books at home, you can catalogue them and share your, your catalogues with others. But we'd like to see how we might be able to use that in, in the library. And, and some US public libraries have started to use that in their website to provide additional services for their users. And we want to look at what we need from the library catalogue in terms of web services, bearing in mind the restrictions that we've got. And, and feed that into a review of our library management system in the near future. And there are some references there. You can look this up later on, on the presentation. Thank you very much. Any, any questions? Sorry, it was a bit rushed at the end. Have you all had a look at the mobile? Well, I was going to say, because some people might be a bit scared about what to do with it, Susan. Some people want to, if you've never touched an iTouch before or an iPhone before, it is a little bit different experience. So if anybody wants to come and, and ask, uh, rather than feeling a bit stranded and not knowing quite what to do with it, then please come and see us and we'll give you a word on this. Thanks. We've got it all logged into the uh, website at the moment. Okay, thanks.
And they're in DigiLab, aren't they? You yes, can they're available in the DigiLab, any, so you can come and have a look at if, them. If you're a member of OU staff, you can, can go and have a look at it in DigiLab at your leisure. And we're using them to test um, mobile use of the content in the services. Keep prototyping things as we develop them. So please do come and see. See me. I have a play with it now. If you can stay behind. Okay. Um, this is uh, one of the other things. So to the one-stop search. Yeah. Would that be incorporated onto the um, the mining toolbar? Do you have the uh, forage and I don't know. It's can you incorporate one stop search? No, no. It's quite restricted. Yeah. It's quite restricted in what you can do. But I mean, it's something we can investigate in the future. The product that we're using for one stop search, the commercial product is called 360 Search from Serial Solutions. And it's quite a new young product, and they are interested in working with us to, to develop the service. And it is developing quite fast, so if there are any requirements that um, we can actually tell the supplier and they can have a look at it for their development work. Can I ask, are there any plans to update the Voyager catalog, the actual the look of it? So when you're sort of clicking through, so now it doesn't seem to sort of. That's fit so well now for the new look. No, that's right. There, there are lots of issues around that. Yeah. Don't we, we can, I think we can customise the colours, but we're waiting um, for the next release to have a sort of more different interface. We can't really do much beyond the colours at the moment. In the in the transactional model, um, the last element of that was paying for things. Is there any proposal there that? users or students who pay for services? No, not pay. Not <laughs> But somebody pays. <laughs> sure I think I think that that's something that libraries aren't very good at saying is that the databases that we provide cost an absolute fortune and um, millions um, really and um, we make these available to our students and staff and, and we very much want to make sure that people actually know they're there and use them so um, the easier we can make it the better really but yeah so users won't pay the end user won't pay they'll pay as part of their course obviously some of their course fees cover the library but no they won't actually pay on, on, on that note maybe not so related to that but what, what about things like um, document delivery requests you know I, I, it cost more than I thought I just happened to ask on time for less um, linking that to requests for new books because as far as I know they're directly to the British Library don't yes it? so there could be people from my department all the time requesting the same book and it would be more cost effective to buy it yes we can look at that certainly look at making more links like that mm-hmm. so that so it, it fits with all sort of transactional thing. It's what people actually do and, yeah. and how, how other people sort of make these connections that we maybe haven't thought of. We're too too involved in what we're doing. So well, I mean, that's it doesn't a really cost me anything to, no. click for it, to click through. And I didn't even know that it cost, I think, it was a charge of £14 per book or 10 to 12 for an article. Probably, yeah. Which is quite a, a lot. Yeah. Um, and someone else could be getting the same book a week 